0: Welcome back to The Rollout. I'm Jeff Pratt, and joining me as always is Trent Henrich. How's it going, Trent?
1: I'm doing well. Glad to
0: get into another episode of The Rollout. Absolutely, man. All right, today we're going to analyze the AFC North. Why not start with one of the more polarizing teams in the NFL, the Baltimore Ravens? Trent, how do you feel about the moves Baltimore made this offseason?
1: You know, I think they made moves that are really going to improve and push themselves to make a deeper run this postseason. Starting out with their draft, uh, with their first-round pick, pick 28, it went to Patrick Queen. I'm a big fan of Patrick Queen. He was a step-linebacker for LSU. He's not the biggest guy at 6'1", 227 pounds. Yeah, he makes his presence known, and he really leaves everything on the field. Uh, I think he's good enough to, to possibly get a starting job in this Ravens defense by the end of the season. So, big fan of that pick. And then the pick 55 in the second round, they even went with J.K. Dobbins. Dobbins was a three-year starter for the Buckeyes, who really put his talents on display in 2019. He had 21 rushing touchdowns and just over 2,000 rushing yards last season. I think it will take him some time to carve out a real role in this offense because Mark Ingram's already has his role established on the team. Um, I don't think... Yeah, and not until maybe the sophomore season for Dobbins. He might start seeing some real touches. Just because Ingram was there, he did so well last season, I don't see Dobbins stealing too many of those touches away from Ingram.
0: How do you feel about those picks, Jeff? Yeah, I mean, I love those picks, and I think that you covered them pretty effectively. But just to touch on them briefly, Patrick Queen, Absolutely, it was an essential pick for them to snag a linebacker after losing Patrick Omusor in free agency to the Jets. They really needed another guy to throw in to that rotation at linebacker. And what better prospect to pick up than Queen, who I know you especially were really high on heading into the draft this year. And then when it comes to Dobbins, he's literally like a Mark Ingram 2.0. He's going to learn so much from Ingram. He has the same rushing style, the same, uh, same aggressiveness mentality, the approach that he takes to the game is very similar to what we see with Mark Ingram. So Ingram is going to be a great mentor for Dobbins. And then besides their draft, I really like what they did in free agency, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, obviously, when you bring in a guy like Calais Campbell, who they only got for a 2025th rounder, that's an astounding move. He's a great addition to their D-line. And then another... Uh, move that somewhat flew under the radar was them signing Derek Wolf, who was another defensive end. He played for the Broncos the last couple of years. He's been really effective. So, really, what we saw this offseason is this dangerous Ravens defense getting even more dangerous.
1: Yeah, you're definitely right about that. And I think they, like, I, like you said, they made the right move by you know taking Patrick Green and bringing him in to replace uh, who they had lost with Patrick Arunasor,
0: uh this offseason. Absolutely. So why don't we get into our predictions for the Ravens this year? Obviously, they had a bit of a disappointing finish, getting upset by the Titans last year in the playoffs. Trent, how far do you think this Ravens team can go?
1: You know, I think they're going to be in a similar situation to last year. I think coming into this season uh, and what they have and what they've added, they would definitely beat that Titans team. They played them again. And even last year, I think if they played Uh, A game against the Titans, I think like six or seven out of 10 times, they're going to beat the Titans. They had a tough loss last year against them. Personally, this year, I definitely see them being uh, the team that comes out of this division of the AFC North and probably have 11 wins. Uh, I don't think they're Super Bowl contenders this year. I'm not that high um, on Lamar this season. I don't think he can live up to the expectations he created for himself last season um
0: but we'll see how about you Jeff yeah I mean you said that you definitely think that this is the team to come out of the AFC North and while it's hard to argue with you I don't think it's that set in stone I mean you look at the rest of this division we'll get to them but you've got three other very capable teams or at least two and one that has a lot of potential um but yeah I don't think it's necessarily a lock for the Ravens to win this division I do think they'll make the playoffs whether that's uh by winning this division or or earning a wild card spot, I think wild card is somewhat the floor for them. But yeah, like you said, I'm not that high on Lamar this year. He obviously had a stellar campaign, was the MVP, one of the most incredible seasons we've ever seen, especially in our lifetime, out of a quarterback. Something that uh, we have never really seen, even with Michael Vick. Um, but yeah, I think I just think that defenses are going to have him figured out a little bit this year. I, you see a lot of defenses, especially in the AFC, somewhat building an RPO-proof uh, game plan. I know the Patriots especially, you look at them, uh, they're one of the uh, Ravens' biggest competitors. Even with Brady gone, they're still going to find a way to make the playoffs. But looking at the moves they made and what other teams make, they're taking players that can play positionless football and uh, guys that can really match up and have the speed and athleticism to cover Lamar at all three levels in the defense. So I just think teams are going to be much more prepared for him this year. And for that reason, I don't see them making it past the second round of the playoffs either.
1: Yeah, I mean, can't argue more. And talking about Lamar Jackson, fantasy-wise, last year, talked about it. Incredible season. He finished his QB1. He probably... I wouldn't be shocked he puts up QB1, QB2 numbers again just because of how much he runs the ball. Um, that gives gives you a lot of points in fantasy. A lot, he gets a lot of rushing touchdowns. So that, that puts him, gives him a real edge on the rest of the quarterback field. I see him probably finishing two this year. I still think Mahomes is going to beat him out fantasy-wise. Uh, like I said, I don't think Lamar can put up the same season he put up last year. And then moving on to Mark Ingram, you know, he put up RB11 numbers last year. I don't think he's going to live up to those either. Uh, he had a lot of touchdowns last year. Uh, he was a beast, like you said, running over everyone. Um, I see him more in the RB18, 1920 like, range this year, dropping off a little bit. He's getting older, uh, and Dobbins might steal a few of his touches. So I see his numbers coming off a little bit.
0: Yeah, no, I agree with everything you said. One thing that people need to know when drafting quarterbacks, especially, or any position, is that it is extremely difficult to repeat as the top fantasy player at your respective division. I don't think any running back has done that since fantasy football started being recorded. Not sure about quarterback, but I'm sure that it's just as hard. While Lamar had a fantastic year this year, I do think that Patrick Mahomes' ceiling is a little higher as you said, if he can stay healthy the entire year, which is a big if. We've seen that Mahomes has had some injury concerns throughout his early career. But yeah, even if Lamar doesn't finish as QB1 this year, which he very well could given his running capabilities, he's still going to be a top three fantasy quarterback because Paul defenses are going to start to figure him out, that's when maybe he develops more of a passing game. You know, I like the receivers. Uh, and the receiving core that baltimore has placed around lamar especially with mark andrews who touching on fantasy wise he finished as tight end five last year and he had one of the lowest percentages lining up in the tight end position uh in the league but somehow he was able to put up top top five tight end numbers i think that's partly because the ravens they had a a three-headed monster at the position with Nick Boyle, Mark Andrews, and um, Hayden Hurst, who they traded to the Cardinals this year. But now Andrews this year, he's set to be the guy he could easily push for top three tight end numbers. And then looking at the other major player in the receiving core, that's Marquise Brown, of course. In 2019, he finished as wide receiver 46. What we know about Brown is that he has big play potential, but he's extremely inconsistent. He also struggles with injuries just because he's so small. If he can pack on a few more pounds, especially uh, build some muscle and just prove that he can stay on the field and be a little more consistent, he's a guy that could surprise and be a pretty valuable late-round fantasy pick this year.
1: Yeah, and I mean, this offseason, I noticed that Lamar and Hollywood were working out together. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if you see them have a more consistent connection, kind of about some inconsistency in Marquise Brown and Marquise Brown's fantasy year last year. He would go for some big games, and then he'd disappoint. I would see him get more of those ten-point games, maybe on some shorter balls. He was more of a deep threat last year, but I wouldn't wouldn't be surprised if they mixed in some, you know, some shorter routes just to get him to catch the ball and see if he can find some yards after the catch. And then let's touch upon uh, Mark Andrews. He was tight in five last year, and they lost Hayden Hurst. So in theory, I would think that Mark Andrews' numbers would have to go up. I don't know if that's necessarily true. I think that um, with Marquise Brown coming into his uh, his second season or his sophomore season, he might see a lot more t- uh, touches and targets. Um, I-, I think Mark Andrews are, is still going to be tight in five or six this year, but I don't see him rising into that top three category
0: personally. I mean, that's fine. We can agree to disagree in that uh, aspect. I don't think the emergence of Marquise Brown... Will necessarily play a direct role in Mark Andrews getting less targets I think just looking at the fact that Mark Andrews finished this tight end five with so few opportunities last season he's bound to see more opportunities and he wasn't that healthy last year if he can put that together uh, have an entirely healthy season get more opportunities see more targets I think he could push for a top three tight end season but that's all right we don't have to agree on that so now that we've talked about the Ravens why don't we move on to one of their direct rivals, which is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Trent, how do you feel about the acquisitions that the Steelers made this offseason? You know, the Steelers really didn't do that much
1: this offseason. I honestly think the most important thing that happened to them this season is Big Ben making a push uh, back to full health and hopefully a strong season this year. Aside from that, they did pick up Eric Ebron I think that was a good pickup for this team that doesn't really have a lot of offensive firepower at the tight end position. Um, Ebron hasn't been the most consistent guy in the NFL over his career. He's had some signs of promise. Yeah, it's been off and on. He's filtered through a lot of teams. I think there's a chance that he could slide into the Steelers system well. He may find a new home here. Uh, he, I don't think he'll have Big Ben for long. But while Big Ben is, is still healthy and still there, I think they could have a strong connection together. How do you feel about the, where they did this season, Jeff?
0: Yeah, I mean, I I can't disagree with what you said. I think the biggest acquisition the Steelers made was getting back a healthy Ben Roethlisberger. And, you know, we've heard a lot about his extreme off-season workout program, which is basically drinking a couple of beers and doing nothing. Uh, but... We've seen that that works for him in the past. As long as he can stay healthy, stay on the field, that arm holds up. Obviously, uh, the surgery that he had is nothing to joke about. This team could be a force to be reckoned with. The Steelers are always tough. It's really hard to go into Pittsburgh and get a win. They have a great atmosphere there, a great crowd. They play really tough. Yeah, I think this team could surprise, definitely. I mean, look at how they played last year when Ben was out and they were Uh, starting a bunch of no-names like Duck Hodges at quarterback, Mason Rudolph. Those guys were still able to go out and perform, get the win. I think they bring back a healthy Big Ben. While he may only have a couple of years left in this league, I think that they could make a legitimate run at a playoff push.
1: Yeah, I don't think I'm as high um, on the Steelers as you are. I think that Big Ben won't the same quarterback he was in the past. Uh, I think he may be more inconsistent um, than we've seen or that we're used to. But I do think that this Pittsburgh offense has some very suitable weapons um, to make a playoff run, like you said. Um, I I don't think this is going to be their year. I think they're going to find out, like I said, Big Ben's not the same quarterback he used to be he's going to fall off a little bit towards the end of the season possibly not even make it through this this season just because of his health concerns but only time will tell with that one
0: yeah fair enough so moving on to this team's fantasy assets you know how i would put it is they have four players who could finish either in the top 10 at their respective position in fantasy leagues or in the not even in the top 50. Like and, and those players are obviously Ben Roethlisberger, who we have no idea what we're looking at for Big Ben from a fantasy perspective coming into this year. When he's been healthy the last couple of years, he's a monster just because he throws the ball so much. Uh, obviously, he'll have a couple of three-interception games. He was kind of James Winston before James Winston really came into his own. Uh, but yeah, he's going to put up big numbers if he's healthy. And then you look at the receiving core – Juju Smith Schuster had a really bad year in 2019. There are some rumors swirling around that the Steelers aren't even considering re-signing him, that they're going to let him walk, which I think is absolutely ridiculous. I'm really high on Juju. I think he has the the talent certainly to be a wide receiver one in this league, but yeah, he finished his wide receiver 65 last year just because he struggled with injuries. And then Eric Ebron also struggled with injuries and having to deal with a very, uh, highly competitive tight end core in Indianapolis with Jack Doyle. He finished as tight end 27. And then obviously James Conner, another guy that really struggled with injuries, finished as RB 35. All of these guys have elite talent and elite potential. The question is, will they be able to stay on the field? I'm not so sure. Trent, how do you feel about their fantasy assets?
1: You know, like you touched upon, Big Ben, it's just a big question mark. We really don't know what he's going to be like coming in this season. As far as Juju, I think Juju, like I'm a high on Juju just like you are. I think he's going to have a really strong season no matter who's at quarterback, um, at least for the whole season. But he's still really young. He's only been in the league a couple of years. When he first came in, he was like the youngest player in the NFL at the time. He's still learning. He's still trying to figure out this game. He's had some bre- – he already had a breakout season. He had some injuries last year. I think he's going to come back, I put up a you know top top fifteen, top twenty wide receiver numbers this year. I wouldn't worry about wide receiver sixty five numbers again out of Juju. Don't be afraid to draft him in any of your leagues. And I feel the same way about James Conner. You know, he had an off year last year. He was also banged up last year, but his sophomore season, he put up I think thirteen total touchdowns. It was his first, and that was the first season he really got touches. His first season, he sat on the bench, didn't do much. And he came in after a few games, I think five or six games into his sophomore season, and he just killed it. And I think the same thing's going to happen this year. He's going to go back to those those old ways. Um, As far as Ebron's concerned, he's not very consistent, but he could fit into this system well. I mean, like you said, these guys could all finish in the top 10 or outside the top 50. The one thing I do want to add and that I I think a lot of people should consider drafting is Deontay Johnson. Um, He's going to be the the second wide receiver um, alongside Juju. He had a solid year last year. He put up roughly 700 yards, and five or six touchdowns, but he really started to shine towards the end of the season. I think he's going to put up a lot bigger numbers and projected this year. So definitely keep an eye on him, draft him and throw him on your bench you could really put up some big numbers and, uh, you know, make a difference and and push you towards a a league title for your fantasy
0: team. Absolutely. You know, if we had to describe this Steelers fantasy core in a couple of words, it would be high risk, high reward. So draft with caution there. And moving on to the third team in the AFC North, that's going to be the Cincinnati Bengals who normally – would be pretty boring to talk about, but they made some pretty big additions in the offseason, starting with the number one overall pick, Joe Burrow. If there's ever been a winner coming into a situation like Cincinnati, poised for success, Trent, I would argue it's Joe Burrow. How do you feel about the rest of the acquisitions that the Bengals made?
1: You know, I mean, just just to talk about Joe Burrow first, like he is the headline of this Bengals offseason. Like there is no question that this is their guy. I imagine that their staff is, you know, through the roof about being able to get what they believe is going to be their franchise quarterback. Uh, they and they started to put with this draft and what they ha- um, had before some serious weapons around them. They drafted T. Higgins this year. I think he was a it was a great second round pick for them. He had a great season at Clemson, thirteen touchdowns this past year, and I think he'll be able to translate translate some of those big numbers into the nfl it may not be immediate but i see him building a strong connection with burrow i think they're going to start working out together because they're both coming into the league at the same time they're going to learn at the same time and i see them possibly being a dynamic duo in years to come uh other than that though um i'm really happy with what the Bengals did this off season.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And to touch on one more key addition for them, they signed Von Bell. I thought that was a very um undervalued uh signing for them, the former Saints safety got him on a three-year deal, pretty cheap, but he's a guy that could come in there, he's got experience, could definitely lead that defense, show them what winning looks like. But yeah, uh moving on, how do you think the Bengals are gonna do this season, Trent, with their new look offense? headed by the number one overall pick, Joe Burrow.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's still going to take, even though this is, like you said, one of the greatest college quarterbacks of all time, it's going to take him some time to acclimate to an NFL system. It's not going to be immediate. Even though he has the weapons around him, he's he's still going to struggle. I see this team probably squeaking out five to six wins. They're not in the toughest division. I think they could possibly get a game off any of these teams um so i see them winning five to six games i don't think they have uh any playoff outlook this year how do you feel about them jeff
0: yeah i mean i think that this team could actually surprise a little bit when i say a little bit i think their ceiling is seven wins i think they could almost push for a 500 season but that's only if their weapons stay healthy looking at the receiving core aj green is an elite receiver when healthy but he didn't play for the entirety of last year so who knows what he's going to look like he's past 30 now is his explosiveness still the same is he still that guy and then tyler Boyd, he's been pretty consistent for them i'll give them that but obviously he's got to put together a consistent year and then joe mixon is one of the most popular picks for a breakout year for a running back this year, especially in fantasy, but he has yet to uh, put together an entirely healthy season. So who knows exactly what the Bengals are going to do. I think their floor is back to three wins and their ceiling is around the seven win area.
1: Yeah. I mean, I I definitely agree with you. I don't think uh, there's much room to, to work with um, between those three and seven wins. I, I don't, Like you said, they don't have – I guess they don't have the experience at quarterback to be more than a seven-win team, in my opinion. I don't see a rookie quarterback leading this team to the playoffs. Um, I I mean, leading into the fantasy assets with Joe Burrow, um, unless they're playing a really weak team, I don't think it's a suitable guy to draft. Unless it's, of course, the Dynasty League, totally different story. Um, Joe Burrow in a dynasty league, I could see him going pretty high just because of what this team has around him offensively and how good he looked in college. That's a different story. Uh,
0: how do you feel about AJ Green this season, Jeff? Well, you know, it all depends on his health. As I said earlier, if AJ Green can stay healthy. Given that he got an upgrade, or at least we're assuming, Joe Burrow, the number one overall pick, is an upgrade from Andy Dalton. Assuming that he got an upgrade at quarterback, I think he could push for top 15 or maybe even top 10 fantasy numbers again. He is a little bit older, but it's like people have forgotten how elite A.J. Green was. He was a perennial top 10 fantasy wide receiver when he was healthy in his prime. And I still think that he's at the end of his prime, but he's still got a couple of really solid years left. And then looking at the rest of the receiving core, Tyler Boyd, he put together a uh, quite a nice 2019 season, finishing as wide receiver 18. I think that he's much more suited to be a second option in an offense. I think lining up against number two corners or even slot corners, he's going to eat. I'm a big fan of his drafting him, especially at his ADP, which has definitely dropped since AJ Green is coming back healthy this year. And you said that you're not high on taking Joe Burrow. I would like to oppose that slightly. And that's just because I'm never high on drafting a quarterback in fantasy, especially if it's a redraft league. In Dynasty, obviously, you have to take him. But if this is a normal redraft league or even a keeper league, I'm not that high on taking rookie quarterbacks. But if there was ever a quarterback heading in to a situation to succeed in his first year, it's Joe Burrow in the Cincinnati Bengals offense. They're already primed with three explosive weapons, and a nice rookie receiver in T. Higgins. So, yeah, I think that Joe Burrow could have uh, somewhat of a, a break, not a breakout, but he could have a surprising year. Definitely he could push for top 15 or top 20 quarterback uh, potential in fantasy this year.
1: Yeah, I mean, another guy on this offense that uh, you didn't get to, who I think will do better with Joe Burrow at quarterback than when he had Andy Dalton at quarterback, is actually John Ross. I feel like Joe Burrow in college could really throw the ball, could really throw the deep ball, excuse me, uh, and found a lot of his LSU targets um, on 50-plus yard passes. And for John Ross being one of the fastest wide receivers of all time in the NFL, and he started to to put together some big games the last couple of seasons, I could see him actually having some fantasy value this year. Um, It may not be consistent, but – he could be a guy that you have in your bench and all of a sudden he just puts up 20 points every other week. It wouldn't surprise
0: me. Yeah. I mean, John Ross definitely has potential. Obviously ran the fastest 40 yard dash in combine history, even faster than Chris Johnson. So when you have that type of game changing speed, you have big play potential. He just hasn't really been able to show it on a consistent basis. And then, you know, one guy that neither of us touched on, but he's obviously maybe the most elite weapon in this Bengals offense is Joe Mixon. One key thing to keep an eye on there is that Joe Mixon is currently in a contract dispute with the Bengals front office. He has expressed that he will sit out the season uh, until he is compensated with an extension. I think that it's very likely they're going to get that deal done. Joe Mixon's still pretty young. He's got a lot of potential as a running back. But if for some reason they're not able to put a deal together, things could get kind of tricky in Cincinnati. But obviously, if he's healthy, if he's on an extension and playing every game, he could make a legitimate push for top 10 fantasy running back uh, production this year.
1: Yeah, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Jeff, but I believe that you think Joe Mixon is a stronger running back than Aaron Jones this year. I I think I've seen you draft Joe Mixon before Aaron Jones is off the board. Is that true?
0: I do think that uh, Joe Mixon is a better running back, especially in fantasy this year than aaron jones while i'm not sure about the actual talent i just have to look at the situations that both of these players are in aaron jones obviously is in an already shaky green bay offense and then they add aj Dillon to the mold those are two really quality backups with dylan and jamal williams to aaron jones jones didn't get that many touches last year he was just extremely efficient and then you look at joe mixon didn't play the entire season, but still managed to get 278 carries. So I think that Mixon's going to have much more of an opportunity to make a push for that top ten uh, in fantasy wise this year as a running back. And Jones, he's going to have to be extremely efficient again if he's going to want to put up similar numbers as last year. I agree. Fair enough. So why don't we move on to the final team in this division? We saved arguably the most controversial for last and that is of course the cleveland browns and trent i have to say i really like what the browns did this off season and one thing to say before we touch on that is that it's been real quiet in cleveland this off season and i think that's good because there's been a lot of hype around them the last few years and they've never been able to produce but now you don't really hear anything coming out of uh the browns organization and i think that's because They got a really good head coach in Kevin Stefanski replacing um, the imbecile who was on the sidelines for them last year. Uh, And then looking at their additions this offseason, obviously bringing in Austin Hooper, one of the best tight ends in the league. I think they probably gave him a little bit too much money. I'm not sure if he's worth four years, $44 million, but... You have to do what you have to do to land elite talent. He is certainly an elite tight end. And then looking at the draft, I was a big fan of Jedrick Wills, the Alabama offensive tackle they took with the 10th overall pick. You know, you got to protect Baker. You're not going to succeed if Baker's going to have a bad year. Really, everything, all their success relies on Baker bouncing back and having a strong third year. And then in the second round, I also liked that they took Grant Delpit. In my opinion, he was a first-round talent, the LSU safety. So, yeah, I like the additions that they made this offseason. Trent, how do you feel about it?
1: Yeah, I'm a big fan of Jedrick Willis, too. I think he was already one of the best players from a stacked 2019 Alabama team. I think he's an NFL-ready offensive tackle. Uh, and I think he'll slide it right into the Brown system, to be honest with you. He's great at blocking the run and the pass. Uh, it just seemed like last season he was a bit lackadaisical playing college football. I think if he gives it his all in the NFL, um, his ceiling is 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 super high. I mean, he could be honestly, this sounds bold, but one of the best offensive tackles we've seen in the past 20 years. Um, I really like Jedrick Willis. And then as far as Austin Hooper, I think you're right in saying that he, he got overpaid. Um, he's had a couple of solid seasons seasons with the Falcons but I don't think that um, should have really equaled a four-year 44 million dollar contract with the Browns but I mean they got all the offensive power offensive uh, firepower they need so
0: Baker's got no excuses this year certainly you know they added uh, one of the most elite prospects at offensive tackle that we've seen in the last couple of years too to help him out so everything relies on Baker this year so Speaking of their success, Trent, how do you feel the Browns are going to do this year?
1: For me, it's it's still the Browns. It's, <laughs> it's their, their culture. Um, it just hasn't changed. If they had produced a different season than they did last year um, and there was less buzz around them last year, I'd feel more confident going into this season. Um, but with how kind of a disappointing season they had last year. Yet yeah, when they're winning just a couple games, I mean, everyone in Cleveland was just through the roof about it. You know, I, I just don't feel like they, they, they've they put it together yet. I do think adding um, Stefanski at coach will make a big difference, and they're still going to win like eight or nine games, but I don't think it's just all going to be clicking for them yet and they're going to fall just short of the
0: playoffs. Yeah, I disagree with you there. I think this Browns team is actually primed to make a run at the AFC title game. And I think probably the biggest offseason move, as both of us have touched on earlier, was replacing Freddie Kitchens, who really had no business being a head coach in the NFL at any point. Not sure he got that job in the first place. Clearly had no idea what he was doing. But they finally got rid of him after one very long year and brought in an extremely... Capable offensive coordinator to turn him into head coach, and Kevin Stefanski. Kevin Stefanski, he knows how to run a successful offense, and you know what he uh, what he was able to do in Minnesota. That success, I think, could easily translate into the Browns. You look at their offense; it's pretty similar uh, to what the Browns run in Minnesota. They have an elite running back in Dalvin Cook. Uh, the Browns have an elite running back in Nick Chubb, and honestly, two if we're counting Kareem Hunt, and then uh, they have. A quarterback who's capable of making some throws, but is not spectacular. I would say that Kirk Cousins and Baker Mayfield, at least Baker last year, certainly fell under that category. And then you've got some elite receivers, Stephon and Adam Thielen in Minnesota last year. Odell Beckham Jr., Jarvis Landry, and now Austin Hooper in the Browns' offense. I just think Kevin Stefanski is stepping into a great situation. He knows how to succeed with these type of weapons. I think the Browns could surprise some people. I'm expecting a big year from Baker and a big year for Cleveland.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think the potential is there to have a big season. I just don't see it happening. I'm just not sold on Baker yet. After watching a couple of their primetime games last year he just didn't look like a quarterback that can lead a team to a deep playoff run i mean i understand their head coaching job um was had a coach that shouldn't have been there but that doesn't excuse baker for some of the passes he made a lot of the mistakes he made he has two elite wide receivers on his team and he failed to get them the ball enough um Nick Chubb did a great job last season. Uh, he held his own, no question about it. Uh, I don't think Jeff, you have any place to call Kareem Hunt an elite running back. I think you I know. have
0: all the place to call Kareem Hunt an elite running back.
1: That is a large mistake on your <laughs> behalf. I'll let it slide for now. And and now we and now Baker has Austin Hooper. So if if you like I said, if you can't make it happen this year, I. I would not be shocked if they consider moving on from Baker at some point or drafting a
0: quarterback next season. Absolutely. I mean, I agree with you there. If Baker can't put it together this year with a capable head coach in his year guiding him, he has no place on this team, which is sad but true. And moving on to the fantasy assets on this team, obviously Nick Chubb was elite last year, finished his RBA, was very close to winning the rushing title, but Derrick Henry edged him out with a couple of big performances that close out the season. Looking at their other running back, Trent's a hater when it comes to Kareem Hunt. But let me tell you something about Kareem Hunt. Excusing everything that he has done off the field, which we won't get into, when he was in Kansas City, he was a top 10 running back in the league. I do not believe that Kareem Hunt has dropped off that far. I think he's still got the potential to be a top 10 running back in this league. He's not going to obviously find that success with the Browns competing with Nick Chubb for touches, but Kevin Stefanski knows this. We've heard the rumors that they're going to use Hunt in the slot this year. They're going to run a lot of two running back sets. I just wouldn't be surprised if from a fantasy perspective, Hunt has a big year and in consequence, knocks Chubb down a couple of pegs in the running back rankings.
1: I, I, I'm sorry. I'm just not sold on Hunt. I can't, I could never put him at elite anymore. I know I'm talking about his offseason stuff, but it resonates with you. It resonates with the player. It resonates with the, with the people that watch the game. They know what he did. It's in the past, but it still doesn't change things. And if you look at his numbers I mean, they they did drop off. He had an incredible rookie season, um, and that was in thanks to Spencer Ware getting a, a preseason season. I think it was a season ending ending injury. Yeah, he tore his I ACL, think...
0: and I drafted him in the third round.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that sounds about right. We were at
0: a Buffalo Wild Wings, trend, I think.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I just don't see um, Hunt as an elite running back like you do. Uh, he only in that you know incredible season he had his first incredible season he had or the one in 2017 I'm referring to he did put up 13 1300 rushing yards and he put up 11 total touchdowns, but I mean his his rushing numbers almost cut in half to 824 the following season and he put on a, a little flashy display last year but. I just don't see it clicking for Hunt anymore. Well, I
0: mean, he's 24 years old. I don't know how you're going to give up on him. And obviously, he's never going to be slashed because he didn't get to play, what, the last six or seven games of the season. He only played about half the year. He was actually on pace to have a tremendous year. I think that uh, Kareem Hunt is an elite talent in this league. And obviously, if he can get rid of the offseason uh, issues that have troubled him in his past and prove that he is a guy who can be consistently mature... And consistently professional, go in there, do his job, uh, earn the right to get on a team. Eventually he's gonna get the chance to be an RB1 again, and that's when he'll prove you wrong, Trent. Yeah,
1: I mean, if he is as good as you think he is, then he's not going to reach that potential on this team. Chubb is this team's running back. It's not high. I agree. Chubb is no. Chubb is going to be this team's running back for the next five to ten years. And Hunt will have um, to leave the Browns in order to reach that potential again. So I don't see him having much of a fantasy impact this year. He He may give you four or five touchdowns in the season, but he won't get that many touches, you know.
0: I disagree. I think he's going to get plenty of touches, and I think he's a pretty solid flex play in almost every league. But we've talked about Cream Hunt for far too long, so why don't we move on to the crowded receiving core in this Browns offense from a fantasy perspective? Obviously, Odell Beckham Jr. had a uh, pretty bad year last year, finished as wide receiver 25. Jarvis Landry really took the reins in this Cleveland offense uh, and made his case to be the number one receiver on this team. He finished as wide receiver 12, put together one of his uh, the better years of his career. And then obviously Austin Hooper, who finished as tight end six in 2019, is joining them. Trent, do you think any of these guys will be top 10 at their respective position?
1: Um, I think I could see Hooper sliding in the top 10 for tight ends. Um, I don't think... Uh, Jarvis or Odell can be top 10 wide receivers um, with both of them being healthy. If one was to go down, I could definitely see one of them sliding into the top 10. But with both of them, assuming both of them are healthy for a full season, I don't see either guy being a top 10 wide receiver. I could see, I mean, if we're going to talk about Chubb, I could see him being a top 10 running back. Um, But the other guys, I don't see him crack in the top 10
0: fair enough you know a sleeper to actually be top 10 in that position is if he can figure out how to play at the position again is baker mayfield he finished 2019 as qb 19 he was a very very popular pick going into drafts last year and because of his struggles he's really sliding down the ranks his adp is pretty low he's a guy that i would definitely consider taking a chance on in drafts this year because he's got all the weapons in the world if he's even uh half a capable quarterback this year, he could have a pretty good fantasy season. I agree. All right, so now that we've covered all four teams in this division, we're going to move on to rapid fire. If you're new here, here's how this segment works. I will ask Trent a series of questions which he must answer off the top of his head while giving a very brief description backing up his answer if he chooses to. After each of his answers, I will respond in the same rapid fire manner with my own predictions. All right, Trent. Are you ready for the first question? Let's do it. Who was the best offseason pickup in this division?
1: I think it was the last guy we talked about. Austin Hooper is uh, my pick for that question.
0: Fair enough. I would actually say Eric Ebron just because I know the Big Ben likes his big targets in the end zone. I think he's a huge upgrade over Vance McDonald at the position for the Steelers. So moving on, what was the best draft pick made out of these four teams?
1: I mean, I think even though he's number one pick and it's kind of obvious, but Joe Burrow filled the biggest hole on any team. So I'm going to go with Joe Burrow. Absolutely. If you're
0: not saying Joe Burrow for this question, then you have no idea what you're talking about. Who's going to have a better fantasy season? Odell Beckham Jr. or Juju Smith-Schuster?
1: You know, if Big Ben stays healthy, I'm going to say Juju. Um, if Big Ben doesn't last, you know, more than 9 or 10 games, I could see Odell stealing that um, spot from Juju. Yeah,
0: I think it's going to be close, but I'll lean Juju too just because we've heard reports that the Steelers are going to play Juju back in the slot, which is where he was two seasons ago when they had Antonio Brown on the outside, and he had his breakout year. So if Juju's healthy, Big Ben's healthy, they're running Juju in the slot more, I give the edge to him. All right, moving on. Will Nick Chubb finish as a top 10 fantasy running back?
1: Well, with the way you talk about Kareem Hunt, I think it'd be impossible for Chubb to finish top 40. <laughs> um, I, I I don't think he's going to finish top 10. I think he's going to be more of
0: uh, maybe around 14, 15 this season. Yeah, I, I think that's pretty accurate for Chubb. Okay. What will be the best team in this division in three years?
1: You know, in three years, I do hope it's the Browns. I hope they f- have figured things out. Their culture has changed. Baker's still their quarterback, and they still have a bunch of offensive firepower.
0: Yeah, I think that the Ravens could give them a legit run for their money, so I'm not sure, but I would probably uh, lean Baltimore, to be honest with you. Okay. Will OBJ and Jarvis Landry both finish as top 20 fantasy receivers this year?
1: No, I don't think so. Um, I think Jarvis every season is around 15 to 20. So I would say Jarvis finishes top 20. OBJ is more of a boomer bust guy for me. Um, I don't think this is going to be his year. If it is his year and they both finish top 20, then I'd say the Browns are
0: are definitely making a playoff push. Yeah, I would say that they both have a chance, but I don't think that OBJ will finish. I think he's going to struggle to build chemistry with Baker yet again. Okay. How many teams will make the playoffs from this division? I'm going to say only one. Who will be that team? Uh, uh, oh, I think it's going to be the Ravens. I think they'll win the division. Fair enough. I think that it's going to be two. I think the Steelers are going to sneak in. I mean, not the Steelers. Obviously, the Browns. I said they were going to make it to the AFC Championship game. So, I think the Browns are going to sneak in in that wild card spot. And then finally, will one of these teams win the Super Bowl in the next three years? I'm going to go with
1: no. I don't think that... Um, Lamar and that running scheme is ever going to win a Super Bowl. And I don't think I could ever visualize a, just the Browns winning a Super Bowl in general. I just, that organization isn't a Super Bowl winning organization recently.
0: I'll tell you, I'm going to say yes, just out of pure optimism and hope that Cleveland can win a Super Bowl because it's going to be absolute chaos. If they do, and I have family in Cleveland. I know how it gets there. It's a pretty depressing place to live. But if the Browns win the Super Bowl, oh, my God, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be like LeBron comes back.
1: Yeah, I mean, definitely as a Cavs fan, that would be pretty big for you. Well, I'm
0: not a Cavs fan. I'm a Celtics fan. But that's a topic for another time. This is an NFL podcast. So, all right, guys. That's, that's a wrap on episode six of the rollout. We hope you enjoyed, and we'll be back Friday to tackle the AFC South. Stay safe out there, everyone.